The Passholder Lounge is open once again, and I am so excited to welcome you in. Hello, everyone. It's Justin Monrail back again for another week right here in the Passholder Lounge. Thank you all for coming. Hope you can find a seat. There's plenty of seats. There's always plenty of seats in the Passholder Lounge. You know why? I always promise that I'm going to save you a seat, and I've done it. I've done it once again today. So I want to start today by thanking you all for being here. Thanks for coming back. If this is your first time in the Passholder Lounge, which I think it might be for some of you, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a a quick overview of the show. Uh, Today's going to be a little different, but we'll get to that. This show was kind of born out of all prior projects that Justin Monorail has been involved in. I have been a podcaster now for, oh gosh, five or six years, I guess. And I've had, we're going to say this is my fourth podcasting project. They've all had little differences. They've all had their own nuances here and there. I've enjoyed them all in their own right. But this this podcast is really sort of uh, amalgamation of all the things that I liked from the previous shows that I did. I get to talk about things I'm passionate about. I get to connect with my friends. We get to have drinks. And really, it's just sort of a comfortable, relaxed conversation, stress-free. I do. I used to do a lot of research for the Morning Monorail show and, and create this outline with details and links and all kinds of crazy stuff. Don't do that for this show. We really just kind of pick a loose topic. I find somebody who you know, wants to come on the show because they're either a content creator or they're passionate about parks or whatever they might hold a pass to. It may be zoos. It could be museum. I don't know. It could be anything like just, are you a pass holder and you're passionate about that thing and you want to come chat about whatever comes to our mind here in the pass holder lounge? Well, the door is open. Get on in here. So that's kind of what we're doing. Now I am a theme park enthusiast. I love theme parks. That's my biggest passion. So inevitably the conversation will be coming back to theme parks at some point and it may be the whole show but I don't focus on Disney anymore we expanded out we've we've talked about Kings Island we've talked about Dollywood we've talked about Universal and and SeaWorld on this show and and I can't wait to talk about even more parks and if there's a a park out there that you're a pass holder to that is local to you or or maybe you grew up with like a home park let me know maybe we can get you know set something up and and chat about that because I'd love to hear about theme parks that I've never been to But yeah, that's kind of what the show is. And the reason I say that maybe there's some new listeners today, I I feel like I'm pretty comfortable and confident in saying that because I appeared on the Main Street Magic podcast this week with Jeremy. Uh, That's Jeremy and Rhonda's show. They do a great job. They've been doing it for a long time. I love both of them so much. They're They've been supportive of, of me and what I do in, in ways that I, you know, couldn't have ever asked for because I just, you know, the support that you get from your friends in the community is, is just, it's mind-blowing and, and you never expect it, but it's always appreciated and that's definitely true for Jeremy and Rhonda. But yeah, Jeremy asked me to come on the show this week. <laughs> we, did a, we did a podcast about hot takes, which is pretty funny because I am not a hot take person anymore. Maybe I used to be. But I'm not really anymore. I think, um, you know, as I've grown up, as I've aged, as I've become more wise, my philosophy on the whole thing is hot takes are sort of worthless. It's like, it's it's what social media does to us. We all think we have to have a hot take so we can go viral. So we say things that we know are going to be divisive or polarizing or whatever. Well, when you do that, you're, you tend to, to hit some nerves sometimes. You tend to hurt some feelings sometimes. And that's not what I'm about. That's not what Justin Monreal does. 
I've decided that I'm going to try to always frame things up as this is my favorite thing instead of this is the best thing, right? Or this is the worst thing versus this is my least favorite or here's why um, I don't, I personally don't like this thing. So I've kind of like gone away from the whole hot take culture and then I go do a show with Jeremy on hot takes and I had a couple, I think, that might <laughs> ruffle some feathers and if that happens, I apologize. I, I didn't mean it. We're all friends. We all have different likes and opinions and thoughts and feelings, and I respect all of that. Um, but if you disagree with me, you're wrong. That's the bottom line. <laughs> just kidding. So I, was, I brought that up just because I know that we've got some new listeners of the show. I, I don't think I do a very good job resetting the podcast anytime I set up a new show, and, and so that's what I'm doing today. You might also wonder why I'm going on at length right now instead of getting down to business and welcoming in a guest. Well, that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Don't have a guest today. Just going to be me, just all by my onesie. We're not going to hang out all day. I'm not going to take an hour of your time. We're just going to chat a little bit. It's morning. If To be very transparent, it's November 11th, the day this show comes out. I'm having coffee, and you know we're just going to have a coffee talk. Coffee Talk with Justin Monreal. Maybe that's the name of this episode. And I'm going to let you know some things that are going on this weekend, some things I'm looking forward to that you will probably end up hearing reviews of or, you know, my thoughts after the fact in the coming weeks. And we're just going to hang out a little bit. Today, you are the guest. You're the one that's in the Passholder Lounge right here with me. Even though you can't respond necessarily in the moment, maybe I'll just pretend like you do. I'll react every once in a while as if you've said something hilarious. Because I'm sure you've got some real, real funny takes. You're quick wit. I know it. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I'm going to take a little sip of coffee right now. Today's show has to be a bit non-traditional because my life the last couple of weeks has been sort of non-traditional. As you know, I've had to be sort of brief on my intros for the last couple of episodes. I've had to, to sort of get down to business quickly, and that's because I haven't had a lot of time to record or edit. Family stuff's been going on, and, and that has definitely pulled me in a lot of different directions. And then when I have had time, just to be very honest, I haven't really felt like recording. I haven't felt like editing. I've, I've, I've needed time to sort of relax and recharge and and I apologize for that because I know that people do look forward to the shows that they are subscribed to, the shows that they used to are used to listening to on a regular basis. And I know you look forward to the content. You know, this is something Jeremy and Rhonda, when we they were on my show, The Passholder Lounge, we talked about, what do we call it? It's like good obligations or good responsibilities. We feel that, you know, when, when we have a regular um, schedule of, of releasing our content, we definitely feel like we've got to stick to that because we know people depend on it. Whether you're driving to work, whether you are going to the gym, whether you're just, you know, listen to it, getting ready in the morning, or maybe you're, I don't know, folding laundry or doing dishes first thing in the morning or, or later, whenever you're listening, we just know that people do look forward to the content. And so don't ever want to drop the ball. Don't want to disappoint people. None of us do, but I, I mean, I sort, I certainly feel that way. And, and so here I am recording the morning of Friday, November 11th. Holy cow. It's November 11th. Can you believe that? How many shopping days till Christmas? You do the math. Uh, not many 25 plus, uh, 19, right? So what does that give you? That gives you 44, right? 44 shopping days till Christmas. 
my accounting teacher that I had in uh, accounting 101 accounting principals in college once said never do simple math in public I just did it on a podcast you know don't try this at home folks I'm just telling you it's uh all you're doing is setting yourself up for embarrassment that's the main thing but here we are yeah November 11th and um I just I, I actually I'm feeling pretty good this morning I'm excited I've got a good weekend ahead of me assuming nothing else changes because the family situation sort of dynamic and I've got to keep my my ear to the line to make sure nothing crazy is going on but uh I I do have a few things lined up that I'm excited about and tonight's the first one I will be going for the first time ever to the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic this is the 13th year I think it must have been lucky number 13 because the Hurricane uh, Nicole that came through was, I mean, it seemed like it was going to ruin the event, but it has cleared out perfectly just in time. It's going to be a beautiful evening tonight. Starts at 530. I'm really looking forward to it. I've looked up some resources to sort of give me some tips and tricks how to maximize. We'll talk about that in a minute because I found a good one from the Disney food blog. But yeah, looking forward to that. And then Saturday is more of a a relaxing day. Hopefully going to be a little okay. But Sunday... Casey and I are going to be having our first ever Disney day together. I'm very excited. Now, Casey grew up in Central Florida, which means she is not a fan of going to the theme park. She doesn't like the crowds. She's, you know, sort of been jaded by the whole experience, doesn't really care, which, you know, perfect situation. She starts dating me, and all I want to do is go to theme parks. So, (laughs) we're at an impasse. But I finally cracked through because I know that she is a fan of Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival. So we are doing that on Sunday. But we're starting in Animal Kingdom because I have to show her what I love so much about Animal Kingdom. I don't. I, she's never done Pandora. She's never done Flight of Passage, Navi River Journey, never been to Nomad Lounge. There's so many things that I have to show her there. And then we're going to hop over to Epcot. This, this sticks with the theory that Rob and I had that Animal Kingdom is the morning park. First thing in the morning, go do your Animal Kingdom Epcot, that's where everybody ends up. It all, all roads lead to Epcot. And uh, we're going to do food and wine, and we're going to be meeting up with friends. Speaking of Rob, he's going to, he and Tracy, I think, are coming over to Animal Kingdom to meet us in the morning. And then we're, the four of us will be headed to Epcot, and we'll meet up with Cocktail Bob and Christina, I think. Um, we're going to have a great time. Looking forward to it. But coming up, uh, it may be this weekend or just in a few days that the International uh, Food and Wine Festival will be wrapping up. So we're kind of on the tail end of it. And there's still a lot I haven't tried. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. But first, let's talk about that Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. Now, there may be those of you out there who have done this in the past. This is is something I've always been aware of since it's been going on, but I've never had a chance to do it. One weekend in November. Today, or this year, it's the 11th and 12th of November that this is going on. And unlike the Epcot International of Food and Wine, International Festival of Food and Wine, your, your ticket to the event actually gets you access to all the food and drink. And, you know, that's all included. Now, there are some extra add-on experiences that you can pay for that are, they look really awesome. There's And you know I love VIP experience, but they're a little bit out of my price range this year. Are you telling me I can get cocktails and wine and, and all the food that I can stuff in my face for one price? Sign me up, Brotendo. I'm ready for it. Let's Let's do it. Now, what this means, of course, is that the ticket is a little bit more expensive than going to Epcot, but just just barely, 
just barely. It's a $165 a person, including tax. And that's the ticket to the, the Causeway event and the beer garden. Now, you can do packages where you get room stays as well. Uh, we didn't do that. We're just going to go tonight because we're locals. We don't necessarily need a room and we're going to we're going to be good. And if, you know, if all if worse comes to worse, we can always Uber back home or, you know, wander our way over to the, the boardwalk and just sleep on a bench. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's fine. Right. They would not have any problem with that. But as I mentioned, the Disney food blog has a, a great article on the Swan and Dolphin uh, food and wine classic. And one of the things that they link to are 13 must try items that you'll find at the food and wine classic. So hopping over there and just taking a quick look. First of all, we've got the roasted lens heritage, black Angus beef tenderloin. Oh my goodness. Now the, the bites that you get, I'm, I'm assuming these are going to be pretty small, right? Especially cause it's like unlimited. You just line up and get as much as you want. You don't pay by the item, pay by the drink. You can get as much as you want. So I am fully prepared that these things are going to be smaller than the food and wine bites at Epcot. Maybe I'm wrong, but we're going to see. But in the picture, this one looks kind of small. But, you know, just looking at this thing, apparently it's it's a classic. It's been served at the food and wine classic for years, and it's always a big hit. Tender meat, very flavorful and and nice sides as, as well. This one comes from uh, Shoeless Steakhouse. So, so one big thing that they do, of course, with the food and wine classic is they're featuring food items from the restaurants that you can find on property. There's a lot of outlets at the, at the Swan and Dolphin. Um, Shula's is probably the, maybe one of the most well-known, but also probably Todd English Blue Zoo is a good one because you've got a celebrity chef over there. And then Il Molino, I think gets a lot of good reviews. That's the Italian restaurant over at the Swan. Another thing that they've got on the list here is a smoked potato and leekfield annulati. It's served with pea puree, beet, and savory champagne sabaya. Sabayon. Sabayon? <laughs> wow. This is from Il Molino, speaking of, um, and I can't pronounce any of that, so fun. There's grilled mahi-mahi, which comes from Amare at the new Swan Reserve. That looks really good. Crispy buffalo wings. See, I don't think I would try buffalo wings tonight. Like, I'm not going to a food and wine classic to go try buffalo wings we do have a, a pan-seared vegan dumpling that they recommend. That looks really good. Ooh, a banana split tart with nitro vanilla ice cream. All of this sounds great. Now, the big thing is next year, there will be a new restaurant introduced at the Dolphin Hotel replacing fresh Mediterranean grill called Rosa Mexicano. And this year, there's going to be a booth where you can actually try some of the dishes that are coming to Rosa Mexicano. Lots of good things. Very excited to get over there and try that, and we will definitely give you a, a review um, afterwards. I, what I might do, I'm saying it now, so you know, that that means maybe I just have to make it happen. Maybe maybe I take my digital recorder with me, and we can do some instant reactions to things that we try, and, and give you all some tips. So maybe next year you can plan to be there yourself, and maybe we'll see you there. Because maybe we'll be repeat guests. Who knows? Okay, now hop into Sunday and thinking about what's going on in Epcot. A couple of things. First of all, the Food and Wine Festival does wrap up on the 19th. So we'll be there the second to last weekend. It, that'd be Saturday the 19th. So really, when we're there on Sunday, just six more days of uh, Food and Wine after that. I'm excited because, again, like I said, there there are lots of things that I still haven't been able to try and I'm going to do a better job planning. 
because when I have gone, I, I keep thinking every time I go to food and wine or I have gone to food and wine this year at Epcot, I've been thinking, oh, you know, I can come here as much as I want. I don't have to really make a plan. I can sort of taste my way around. But then I still end up, you know, walking by the booths and going, oh, I don't know if I want to get that thing because maybe there's something else I want. I never recommend doing food and wine that way. Like, don't don't just go in and and take that you know, casual, just fly by the seat of your pants approach. Because either A, you're going to fill up too fast because you're going to get things as you come to them. And then you won't be able to like make it all the way around to booths that may have had options that you would have preferred to have. Right. So that's, that's one problem. The, the other issue is if you do what I do, which is you sort of want to do a lap and check out what the options are before picking something out you pass things that you want and then you're going to have to, you know, backtrack or make a, a circuit to get all the way back to them. The best way to do food and wine is to, you, you can get on the, my Disney experience app and pull up the, all the booths or, you know, when you get there, just pick up one of the festival guides at the front, you know, as soon as you come in before you walk under spaceship earth, you know, there in the plaza where people are taking all their pretty pictures where the monoliths used to be RIP monoliths. Grab you a, f- a festival guide and and just go through and, and take a minute and make a quick list of things that you want to try. And just know, again, you do have to pay for each individual item as you go. And that can add up, you know. So you're not going to be able to try everything, number one. The portions are, you know, you know it's, it depends booth to booth. But sometimes they're, we'll say, medium size for a sampling. And, and so you can fill up. Number two. You don't, you don't have unlimited funds, most likely. If you do, will you please take me with you to food and wine? And you just got to make those considerations and, and plan accordingly, right? So make your plan. Make your plan of attack before you start walking around uh, World Showcase Lagoon, and, and then it'll go a lot easier for you. Plus, the other thing you're going to want to do is, like, if, if you're interested in doing the Emile's Formage Montage, you got to make a plan on that too, right? So you got to know where to go to get the Emile's Formage Montage items and make sure you don't miss out on any of those. One thing I recommend is if you do want to stick to a budget while you're doing food and wine, because again, the spending can get away from you, get a gift card. Go go into like, um, what do they call it now? Not connections, it's create, uh, cre- create what is it? The creation shop, that's what it is. Go in the creation shop or, or somewhere, you know, before you get into World Showcase. You could even go into Port of Entry or, or um, you know, one of the shops right there on, on either side of as you're walking. We'll use the word causeway again. The causeway like straight towards the Stargate. And then there's a shop on the right and there's a shop on the left before you actually get into World Showcase Lagoon. I mean, World Showcase Promenade. You could go in there and get a gift card and just put whatever your spending limit for the day is on that gift card. And then you go around and use it. And when you're out, you're out. That helps you. And just make sure you stick to it because it'd just be easy to either go get another gift card, reload your gift card, or maybe just pull out your debit card at that point. Don't do that. Stick to a budget. Keep your wallet and your stomach happy. How about that? One of the things I would say is I haven't done the Alps this year. I haven't gone over there and, and man, they've got some delicious cheese they do, they do the cheese where it's like they heat it up and they scrape it off the big block of cheese. And you can get the um, the warm raclette Swiss cheese with alpine ham, baby t- baby potatoes, cornichons or cornicons and baguette. Very, very good. If you don't want the ham, you can do it without the ham. And then you can do it with uh, Riesling poached pears, 
red wine, braised figs, candied pecans, honey, and cranberry toast. That cheese is delicious. I haven't done it this year. I really do uh, recommend trying it out. One of my highlights of food and wine that they've started doing, they start. I think they started this in 2019, was the Appleseed Orchard, where they basically used the O Canada Theater and they turned it into like an indoor pavilion where you can go and you can get apple cider. You can do a cider flight. I've actually already done that this year. Probably do it again on Sunday. <laughs> um, but it's awesome. It's really cool. And it's a nice way to beat the heat too. Hoping that Sunday, being that it's November 13th, is maybe going to be a little bit cooler and it's not going to be, you know, blazing hot, but it's Florida. It's Walt Disney World. It can always get hot and sunny. So, or a thunderstorm pops up or a hurricane because who knows when that's going to happen. So you can go into the apple seed orchard and you've got shelter and, and good apple themed treats in there as well. If we're going to stick with cheese, you know, one of the things that I have loved over the last couple of years is the uh, the cheese bread from Brazil. Definitely going to get that again. You know, over in Canada, more cheese. Get that Canadian cheddar bacon soup. It's going to be a cheesy day. By the way, both of those two items are on Emile's fromage montage. At Coastal Eats, you can get baked scampi dip with shrimp, scallops, and baguette. That sounds good to me. They also have oysters Rockefeller, and I'm not a fan of oysters Rockefeller. Just in general. That's just not my thing typically. I, I like my oysters raw and I don't need all that additional junk on there. Just uh, too much. No thank you, Mr. Rockefeller. In China, I sort of had my eye on the Mo- Mongolian beef bao bun with onion. Had it before, but it's good. It's very good. They also have Dan Dan noodles, spicy pork with Sichuan sauce, peanut butter, sesame, green onion. That's good as well. If you are a uh, person who is looking for vegan options, they they do have some options for you, and they're noted in the festival guide and on the on the menus and things like that. If you are vegetarian as well, you know. Either way, there are options for you that you can find uh, around the park. So uh, don't necessarily feel like you won't have options that are that are made for you. They are out there. There's a Earth Eats hosted by Impossible where you can get an Impossible burger slider or an Impossible meatball. I tried the Impossible meatball last year, and it was really good. It was actually one of my highlights of of the year last year over near test track there's flavors from fire this is another one that over the years has been you know a consistently solid booth they've got uh, smoked corned beef with crispy potatoes cheese curds pickled onions by the way this is another one on emile's fromage montage and beer cheese fondue you can get a banh mi bao uh, with char grilled asian skirt steak Ooh, that sounds good too rocky road chocolate cake um, some beverages. They've got a couple beers. Uh, they've got a swine brine featuring Jim Bean bourbon in France. You know you can get those brioche au escargot. Ah, brioche au escargot. They've got beignets. They've uh, is anything on the montage? No, doesn't look like it. Creme brulee. Oh, I love the creme brulee. In Germany, if you if you're just looking for macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Go to Germany and get the Schnickendoodle. It's pasta gratin with ham, onions, and cheese. That is also on Emile's fromage montage. And then they have a roasted bratwurst and a pretzel roll. Mm, sounds great. Greece. I didn't get to go when I was in Knoxville uh, a couple weeks ago. The Or last week? When was that? I don't know. <sighs> the Greek Fest was going on, which is an annual favorite in Knoxville. They do a great job. And I didn't get to go. And I wanted to go try, you know, get the hero, get the baklava and get to do it. I could make up for that 
and go over to Greece and get the lamb hero or the spanakopita um, that they have. And do they have baklava? They have griddled cheese with pistachios. By the way, that's an Emile's fromage montage item. I don't see. They don't. It doesn't show that they have baklava. Ugh, it's a shame. I think you can get some, but I'm not sure where to get it. Over in the American Adventure, you know, I typically will skip this booth because it just they don't usually have things that like jump off the page to me that that I really want to try. I, I think in the past they've had like a lobster roll, which was fine. Um, sometimes they'll do like a what, what would you call it? It's like a traditional American like Thanksgiving kind of option with like turkey and and things like that. But this year they've got a Chesapeake crab slider with tangy coleslaw and Cajun remoulade, and a hot beef sandwich with horseradish cream. And pickled vegetables. Both of those sound pretty good to me. The carrot cake I think they've had in the past. And it is there. Uh, there's an India booth that offers crispy paneer with mango curry ketchup. And potato and pea samosas. And chicken tikka masala. I've actually had the chicken tikka masala in the past. And it's okay. It's not It's not the best I've ever had, certainly. But it's okay if it's something that you like. It To me, and I think this is probably sort of a general statement about options at Food & Wine. I have found that they aren't like overly like seasoned or overly not. And I'm saying generally, I I know there's exceptions to this, but uh, they tend to be just almost like a tuned down version of what you, if you've had these things before. And I think that that's because they know that they're getting such a broad audience who maybe are trying foods that they've never had when they come to Epcot's food and wine festival. So they tone it down a bit and they make it not bland, but just a little more palatable for people who maybe don't like a lot of spice or don't like, you know, a lot of heat or, or whatever it may be. That's what I've found. Is it just me or would you agree with me on that? I'd, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts. If you're looking for some comfort food, you can go over to Ireland to get the fisherman seafood pie or maybe the roasted Irish sausage with Colcannon potatoes and onion gravy. Mm, both sound good to me. Italy, they've got gnocchi and panna cotta. <laughs> Japan is always a hit. This year they've got uh, takoyaki, and you can get octopus, green onion, and cabbage bites topped with tonkatsu sauce and bonito flakes and nori, a spicy salmon donburi, and a teriyaki chicken bun. I have in the past had their uzu lemon drop. It's good. I would I'd recommend that. Kenya's got the Kenyan coffee barbecued beef tenderloin. So good. And the piri piri skewered shrimp. I'd get both of those things. Both are very good. Try those out. And uh, let's just see if there's anything else I want to yell yell about before we wrap up here. Oh, we, we were talking on uh, Main Street Magic about uh, charcuterie and how you can sort of do like a tour of charcuterie around the Walt Disney World property. Well, food and wine is no exception. In Spain, you can get charcuterie with a selection of Spanish meats, cheeses, olives, and herbed vinaigrette. So add that to your checklist if you are a charcuterie tourist. The Tangerine Cafe over in Morocco has got grilled kebabs. I would tell you that the Moroccan bread with hummus is very good. The fried falafel pita is really good. The, the grilled, all of it. I like I like the Moroccan food. And, and I do think that when I've had it in the past, it's been well-seasoned and flavorful. So a lot of, a lot of good things to try. And I don't know. The, the good thing about going with friends is even though you're getting taste, you're not getting like full entrees or desserts, right? They're smaller. You can split those up so you can get like a bite of things and spread it out so you're not filling up so fast and then also spread out the cost. And that's sort of a a very helpful thing. So if you can go in groups, always a good thing. 
you know, and, and, and it is a good opportunity to try things that maybe you just wouldn't typically get off of a menu. And maybe you would find things that in the future may be one of your favorite foods or it's a highlight. It's an item you're going to come back for year after year. So just be open. And it's easier to do that, honestly, when you do have people who can pick up the slack if you get something that you don't love and then you can just hand it off to somebody, you know, and they can finish that off for you. You, get, you need a close. You always need a closer in the group. That's always a good idea. Lots of drinks. You know, I didn't talk much about the the drinks that are all the different, all the different booths. And to be honest, for the most part, unless there's something really unusual or, or really tempting. I know I mentioned the one in Japan. I usually sort of skip the drinks uh, at food and wine. I may get one or two. Mainly it's because they're expensive and you get just a small amount. And for me, it makes more sense just to go into like one of the bars, like go in the uh, Spice Road Table Bar or go into Rose and Crown. Get a full-size drink. You're already going to, they're already expensive because you're in Walt Disney World, but you get a full-size drink and then um, you get a little more bang for your buck. Unless there's really something that you see that is just calling your name that you can't get at one of the bars and you're like, I really want to try this thing. I wouldn't blame you or judge you at all for doing that. I just think bang for your buck wise, you're going to pay more per ounce for sure for the alcoholic drinks. If you're getting them from the booths, just a little tip, a little tip from Justin Monreal. And and don't ever forget this. When I start thinking about like ways to get bang for your buck with drinks, I always have to go back to the fact that the, I think the best deal on property is to go get you a squeeze bottle from Art Smith's homecoming. And if you do that, you know, it's a little expensive the first time you buy it, but then you get moonshine cocktail refill refills in that bottle forever. For life, as long as long as you want to keep bringing that thing back to Disney Springs for life for a discounted price. I think it's $13 to get it refilled or something. Um, but the size of the squeeze bottle, it's plenty of drink, $13. It's a, it's a pretty good deal. And plus, if you want a non-alcoholic drink, they'll give it to you for free. For free. In that squeeze bottle. Forever. Disney Springs hack. From me to you. And that's just a throw in because you stuck around for so long and listened to me just ramble on about food you know the next thing that's coming up in epcot is the festival of the holidays and i'm pretty excited about that too you know that'll bring more treats more things to try and then of course fun experiences with all the holiday storytellers around in in each of the pavilions it's it's something that i've really grown to love i have never done the candlelight processional i don't think i'll be doing it again this year maybe maybe someday but not this year a lot of good narrators, though, and, and I'm sad I'm missing out on, like, Josh Gad or, you know, some of the big ones. But someday I will do it. Uh, I'm excited, though. This is something I forgot to mention because this Sunday, while we're at Food and Wine Festival, the Eat to the Beat series, of course, is going on. And the band is Sugar Ray. Amazing. I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, I am a, you know, a teenager in the 90s. I, of course, I was a, a huge Sugar Ray fan and I'm fired up to get to see them. That should be a good party. And maybe I'll see some of you out there as well. And that would be cool. You know, the biggest thing I love about this community is making the connections, getting together, having drinks, having a good time, and just sort of celebrating our mutual love for food, drink, and theme parks and, and whatever else it may be. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. 
Well, I thank you all for hanging out with me today. I apologize for the late episode. Really looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to have a lot of, of thoughts to share afterwards, I'm sure. You know, if you've done the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic, I'd love to hear from you. What were some of your highlights? What are some of the things that you enjoyed? What are your recommendations? Will you be there this year? Maybe I'll see you. And then at Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival, if you've got some highlights, some of your favorites, throw those out as well. I'm going to post the links to the show out on Twitter. It'll be on Instagram. You can email me. My Twitter is at the PHL pod. That's at the PHL pod. Instagram is the Passholder Lounge Podcast. And then you can email me, passholderloungepod at gmail.com. All those ways are good, viable ways to get in touch with me. But I thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for being part of the monorail fam. It means a lot to me, whether you've been here from the beginning, whether you were here from the morning monorail show, or, or whether this is your first episode, you're brand new. I, I hope that you know this is an unusual episode for me. This is not how these typically go. But I wanted to get something out there and, and uh, make sure that people have a little content going into the weekend. I feel, I feel committed to do that. And so here we are. But thank you so much. I appreciate you all. The feedback, the ratings and reviews on, I, on iTunes or anywhere else that you do it, it means a lot. And I hope that you keep coming back. And I hope that you tell your friends about the Passholder Lounge as well. Bring more people in here. We've got plenty of room. I hope you guys have a great weekend, friends. I'm going to raise my coffee cup to you. Cheers. Be good. Be safe. Come back next time. I'll save you a seat right here in the Passholder Lounge. Bye-bye. Drink up, drink up, drink up, then order again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The minutes fly by. Eight, nine.